0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs Podcast. This is episode number 247, which we're recording on Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. I'm Gail.
1: And I'm Charlene.
0: And we're recording in the superheat. So we're both ensconced in our little private recording studios at home <laughs> with no fans
1: and no knitwear. So what are you wearing, Charlene? <laughs> well, not today. But this week, I have been wearing my Bowen by Elizabeth Doherty. Ooh. I attended a little get-together of a friend's group, a group that hasn't able to be together in someone's house for over a year, of course. And I was able to wear this Erin White open-front cardigan, And I made it in a linen blend yarn, and so it was perfect for the warm weather because it wasn't super warm. It was down in a foggy area of the bay, of the Monterey Bay. And let's see, Bowen is a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty. It is, like I said, an open front cardigan with set in sleeves, and it is a lovely purple color. So I was very happy to wear that one. <laughs> what nice. are you wearing, Gail?
0: All right. Now I'm wearing a bamboo dress because that's just about <laughs> the the most clothing I can have on. Yes. But I have been wearing a very old project. It's my custom fit sweater. So Amy Herzog is a knitwear designer and she created a platform called custom fit and she also did a lot of classes to teach people how to custom fit sweaters and she has a book about it etc and when she introduced her platform it was a software platform where you could custom tailor regular knitting patterns that you purchase outside the software and then use her software to customize them for your specific fit and when she was creating that platform charlene and i both tested it for her. So we each knit a sweater using one of her base patterns in the, the software. So I don't think mine actually has a name. It just says custom fit in Ravelry. But this is a sweater that I knit in 2013. So it's nine years old. And the reason it's back in rotation is with the idea of decluttering our knitting and seeing if we wanted to pass sweaters on I've had two sweaters hanging in my garage for literally years. Mm -hmm. They've just been on a hook in there for years. The custom fit sweater was one. And the very first sweater that I ever knit for Mike was one. So after we recorded last week, for some reason, I was in the garage (laughs) and took them off the hook finally and thought, okay, it's time to make these useful again. Yeah. And the sweater I knit for Mike had been passed on to a friend. And then he said it just didn't fit well. So he wasn't wearing it and he gave it back. And I thought, okay, I'm going to wash this and I'm going to give it to a charity. It's, it was knit with eco-wool. So very, very dense, warm sweater, shawl collar, big, massive sweater. But there were holes in it. So I lots of holes. And I realized I'm never going to be able to fix this. So I repurposed that. I felted it and put it in Leroy's dog bed.
1: Oh, so excellent. first used
0: for the first sweater. And then the custom fit sweater because I'm afraid to wear my hand knits around the puppy because he has sharp teeth and claws, I decided the custom fit sweater, which I haven't worn for years and was just sitting there, can be my around the house sweater when it's cold enough and I'm playing with Leroy.
1: Yay. So
0: yeah, I put it on and ended up going to see you at the yarn shop and you were commenting on how cute it was. It was really cute. Which is funny because I'd never worn it in years. So it's... (laughs) The version that I knit for this test, it's a zipper front sweater. So I think Mike actually installed the zipper, which was probably a laughing... A, I should record when... Actually videotape when Mike sews on my knitting, because it's probably <laughs> hysterical to watch me freaking out, because he's, I think he's going to ruin something. But I used Madeline Tosh DK Twist yarn and striped it with probably... Neon rose or pop rocks. So it's black with hot pink stripes, little thin stripes, because I think I didn't have enough of the black yarn, so I had to
1: stripe it. I think so. And then something like halfway through the sweater, you weren't sure if you were going to like it. So you didn't want to buy more yarn or something like Mm -hmm. that. There was something going on there. Well, if you look at
0: the sweater, like really look at it, you can tell that the black yarn wasn't matching. So I think another reason these were knit in pieces, if I remember correctly, the back I knit in the closest matching black skeins and then the fronts I knit in the closest matching. But if you compare the front to the back to the sleeves, it's obvious that they're all just like not perfect together. So it was a, it was a test. I didn't wear it much. Now I'm going to wear it because it can withstand the damage that will be created by Leroy, our little puppy. So that was a mighty long way to say I'm not wearing anything knitting today, but I had some knitting
1: reclamations. Well, I have to interject something here. You had mentioned that the sweater that you felted was made of eco-wool. Mm-hmm. So like you, after last episode, I decided that I needed to pull a couple of sweaters out and decide what to do with them too one of the sweaters that I pulled out was a jacket that I had made for myself years and years ago probably around the same vintage I suspect (laughs) us both (laughs) using the same yarn around the same vintage and my sweater had holes in it too oh my eco wool sweater isn't that odd yeah I mean, none. I couldn't find holes in any other sweaters. Fortunately, that one was stored in a plastic bag. But just odd that that was the same yarn that you found. Yeah, all that's in. interesting. Yeah.
0: Very interesting.
1: Maybe eco wool is particularly yummy <laughs> to bugs. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. That's very odd, but. I have to consider felting mine now. I, I actually put it outside because I was concerned about the fact that it had holes in it and I was trying to decide what to do with it. And maybe I should just try felting it too and making something out of the pieces.
0: Yeah, that would work. Yeah. And wool is a non-superwash. Is it classified as Aran or bulky? I'm not sure. But it comes in these massive skeins.
1: Yeah. I'm some I think it can be knit either. Probably. Either gauge.
0: And it's a fairly rustic, I would say,
1: yes. Yarn.
0: Yeah. So not necessarily next to skin, but it's very economical. And I remember when I was knitting that sweater for Mike, I was still new to sweater knitting and I wasn't sure if he would actually wear it. So and I was living in France, so I just got something that was yeah. economical and easy to knit with. So.
1: And that was yeah. My choice, too, because this particular, it was a sweater coat that I made. I wasn't particularly sure if I would wear it that much. And I did not end up wearing it that much because it was just too bulky Mm. of a gauge for me. And then the front of the sweater was a double-breasted style. So there was actually two layers of the fabric in the front, which was just wrong for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Now I know.
0: (laughs) Your small frame and that wouldn't, that yarn would be way too big. It would be that, like, if you stack the front to two front layers because of the double lapel, against the back would almost be as wide as you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now there's just no coming back from it, that it has holes in it, so interesting though that we both had that same experience with the yarn well there you go once again we're on the same knitting wavelength. who would have (laughs) known yeah so what have you been stocking? a couple of things the first one is another blanket pattern I am still looking at blankets even though I have a long-term blanket project going already I think part of it is that In my knitting history, I've never, well, I haven't made a lot of blankets. So blankets are kind of interesting. And I also think it's partially still coming off the COVID year and a half of not wearing my sweaters in public for very much. So I'm looking for other ways to diversify my knitting. So blankets, this one is by a designer new to me, named Nick Davis. And this designer seems to have a lot of patterns on Ravelry, but there are not a lot of projects for mm. each pattern. So it's hard to judge how well the patterns are written as of this point. And this particular pattern called Octagon Time does not have any projects at all Ah, <laughs> oh, bummer yeah but it is as the name implies an octagon so it's really a circular blanket it's knit what looks like perhaps a slip stitch spine so there's eight of these little spines around the circle and it looks like eight slices of pie And I suspect the increases are going to be on either side of the slipped stitch. And the sample on the pattern uses one yarn that, I guess it's a gradient, so the color kind of gets darker in one section and then they also used a different color. But it's one of those patterns that, since it's knit in the round, you could knit it with anything you want. You could knit it with color-changing yarn. You could knit it with solids. You could knit it with scraps. So it's promising for the next blanket quantity of yarn I decide to use. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. It's very basic. It's all knit in garter. And really, it's the kind of thing that if you are an adventurous knitter, you could probably do it on your own without a pattern and just, Wing it. But if you're the kind of knitter who likes to have numbers, then they're all there figured out for you. So that is Octagon Time by Nick Davis. The second thing I am stocking is a sweater called Nora Neko" by Megumi Shinagawa. And Nora Neko means stray cat, which is kind of cool. Neko, of course, means cat. And This pullover top is knit in a lace plus a lace yarn and so two lace strands held together and then it's knit at a very open gauge that is reminiscent of the ranunculus sweater because the recommended needle size is US 10 or US 10 and a half which is a 6 millimeter or 65 millimeter in universal sizes. And that fabric is just very light and airy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the look of it. It's a positive ease pullover with raglan sleeves. And then it's got some open work patterning, kind of lacy. It looks like there are columns of yarn overs down the front. I'm not sure if they're down the back as well. Now that I look, it doesn't look like it shows the back, so I suspect not. It looks like they're just down the front, and then the pattern also mentions that there is cabling on this sweater, and I'm assuming that the cabling is down the side of the arm, because the yarn is knit at such an open gauge it's hard for me to tell exactly what is lace and what is the so-called cabling but I think that's down the side of the arm and it looks like there's yarn overs on either side of that too so it really is a nice open fabric it doesn't look like traditional cables is what I'm trying to say and then it looks like the kind of sweater that Maybe I would wear it like Love Note or Ranunculus. You would wear it over another top, kind of a layering piece. That one's nice. And let's see, sizes, as far as the size range goes. Let's see, she has the measurements listed at 95 to 151 centimeters, which is 38 to 60 inches and then there's also a suggested ease range which is not hugely oversized but just somewhat loose so that is noroneko and then the third thing i am stocking is called sakura and it is by knitting for breakfast And this one is a sport weight, textured, circular yoke. And the interesting thing about this one is it's knit in a linen plus a hemp yarn. So it's Mm. intended to be a top for warm weather. Very warm weather because Mm -hmm. it's linen and hemp. And it's fairly, well, it's not hugely oversized, but it is positive ease again. It, the circular yoke has the lace pattern. The lace pattern is repeated on the ends of the sleeves, it's short sleeve, and then also around the lower part of the bodice as well. And that one, the size, size is listed from 87 to 174 centimeters, which is 34 inches to 68 inches so this one has an even wider size range and sakura means cherry blossom and i've always loved cherry blossoms so mm-hmm. that's another reason i'm attracted to it yep me too yeah so sakura by knitting for breakfast what are you stocking, gail
0: i am stocking first a new release a sweater pattern called tulip guernsey and it's by Midori Hirose. So speaking of ranunculus, she is the designer of ranunculus. And this sweater is a pullover, knit top down, and it has really pretty tulip-like cables on the front of the sweater. So the cables come down to a few inches below your bust line, I would say, and the rest of the sweater is pretty much knit and stockinette, it looks like and it's knit with a lace and sport weight yarn, two different yarns held together, and thus giving you a worsted weight. Well, it just came out, the pattern did, this month, and there are already 64 projects, most of which were test knits. So there is already a very wide range of sizes and yarns used to knit it. So the possibilities on this one are kind of wide (laughs) open. They call for a recommended positive ease of eight to 10 inches and her sizes range from 40 inches, which the positive ease has been added, to 69 and a half inches. So also a pretty good size range. And she has options. So either a boat neck or a mock turtleneck for the collar and either short cap sleeves because it's a drop sleeve construction either just the cap sleeves or sleeves knitted on to that. And I'm looking at it thinking silk mohair held doubled with a fingering would look really, 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 really pretty. And I just love the I love her aesthetic in her sweaters. I do too. Yeah. So as soon as I saw this one, I thought, oh, that's so pretty. And I started (laughs) looking at all the projects and looking at all the yarn ideas and seeing what I have in stash and then i decided, whoa, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to knit it right away, but it's very tempting. So that's the first one that i'm stocking, Tulip Guernsey by Midori Hirose. And the second one i'm stocking is another colorwork sweater. It's called The Pheasant Top, Pheasant Pullover rather, and it's by Amy Christophers and It's a circular yoke colorwork pullover sweater with positive ease, which is the theme for me over the last two years. (laughs) And this one was actually released in December 2019. And I don't think I registered it at the time because the colors in the sample are not my colors. They're browns and neutrals. Like The main color is brown, and then there are neutrals and rust color in the colorwork. And it just didn't appeal to me. I didn't even really notice it. Yeah. But Barrett Wool Company, Susan B. Anderson's yarn company with her son, I received their newsletter. And this weekend, they had kits for this sweater. Ah. And I just assumed it must be a new release because, wow, they're doing kits for it. But no, it's not. Hmm. And the picture in the newsletter was colors that were much more my style. So then I noticed it right away and thought, wow, that's such a beautiful sweater. Yeah. So considering it's over two years old, Over two years? No, almost. So year and a half old. It only has 60 projects. So didn't get a whole lot of attention, obviously, when it was released. But it's a really pretty colorwork sweater. It has some chevron-like colorwork and some flowers. It's just really pretty. I like it. So that's the Pheasant Pullover by Amy Christophers. And let me look at the sizing on that. Sizes from 34 to 62 inches. And it's a fingering weight sweater. I should have mentioned that. It looks like it would be perfect for Biche-Bouche yarn oh. because she designed it with Jamieson Smith. Jamieson Smith. Oh, yeah. So it's that grabbier, I think that's a Shetland wool. Mm-hmm. And More so of it's a, the, gr-
1: the yarn traditionally used for color work.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I think a lot of the rustic wools that you and I have in our stashes would work really yeah. well for that, yeah. that particular sweater. For sure. And then a strange thing. So you've been stocking blankets because you haven't been knitting sweaters as much because of COVID. Well, I seem to be stocking socks. I mean, I started that (laughs) pair of socks, which I haven't knit on since then. And Max has been wearing these little ruffled socks with Doc Martens. And they're so cute. And Josie wears some sometimes. And I thought, I could probably knit ruffled socks. Of course, I probably won't because I'm not going to knit ruffled socks for my kids to wear with their Doc Martens. That's just dumb. (laughs) But I've been looking at some super cute socks. And the pair that I like the most are called Ruffle Socks by Petite Knit. And it's a fold over cuff, which I'm pretty sure you knit down. I don't think it's that you literally fold it over. I think you fold it over and then knit it down. And then the ruffles down where the fold is instead of being up at the top of the cuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just super, super cute. They're just little ankle socks with a little ruffle, and I think they're adorable. So
1: yeah. if I
0: was ever going to knit ruffled socks, those would be the ones I <laughs> knit. So that's what I've been stocking. And what have you been knitting?
1: Okay. I'm <laughs> almost embarrassed to say that I have not finished the Leaf Bird. Oh don't be embarrassed. Although I have knit the sleeves. I am at a point where I am seaming the lace panel. It's not a panel. What do you call that saddle? It's a shoulder saddle. Mm -hmm. I am seaming the lace saddle to the sleeves on either side of the saddle. So the saddle is a little strip that comes down from the shoulder. And in this case, it goes all the way down the short sleeve and that is made out of lace. My sleeves are just plain stockinette, and they will be seamed on either side of the lace saddle to complete the circular sleeve. So I have four very short seams to sew, and I sewed the first one, and I was a little concerned because I felt like it was almost too Gathered in one part, and what I need to do, of course, is take a steam iron to it and see if that really is the case or if it's going to work. I see, as far as I could tell, I sewed it one stitch to one stitch and it worked out perfectly the way it was supposed to. So I just need to steam it and confirm that it worked out the way that I think it did and then continue on with the rest of the seams
0: yeah if you had a one-to-one stitch ratio it's probably going to look fine yeah it
1: it wasn't purposefully or one it didn't have to be eased in at all on either side it was perfectly one-to-one so I believe it should work but again I need to stop knitting And get out the steam iron, steam that, and then I can continue with the other three seams. And then once I do that, I believe there's a little bit of finishing work that goes on the bottom and around the edging of the sweater. So I don't have a lot to do on it. I'm almost there.
0: (laughs) Are you you really trying to tell me that you don't want to pull out a steam iron in the 100 degree temperatures we're having right now? Is that what the problem
1: is? (laughs) Something like that. That, Yeah, basically.
0: I support this 100%. Thank you for putting it into
1: words.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, don't do it yet. Just wait for it to cool off. It's not even cooling off enough at night to do it at night. Very
1: true. Very,
0: very true. Yes. That's a roadblock for sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then the second thing, of course, is my long-term blanket project. I did pick that up a couple of times this week and still going on that. Really happy with the way that's turning out. The Madeline Tosh Vintage Color Night Bloom is gorgeous. And I have been able to alternate skeins, not for the whole blanket but for parts of the blanket when i get down to maybe a quarter left of a skein i'll start alternating so that the line of demarcation between skeins is not so abrupt i'm sure once i take a photo of it i will see the line of demarcation you know how that goes you look at it and think that everything is fine and then you take a picture and it's like oh my gosh how mm-hmm. how did i not see that but it doesn't matter. It is what it is. It's hand dyed yarn and that's that's part of the individuality of hand dyed yarn. And it's a blanket, so it's not yes.
0: going to be just laid flat probably anyway. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Anyway. Very true. Very true.
0: Yeah, yesterday when I saw you I meant to comment on how pretty it was. Oh, Charlene thank and you. <laughs> I met some of our knitting friends. We haven't all sat in a circle together for what, year and a half? A probably? very
1: long time, yes. it was delightful yeah. out at the park. It was and it really delightful. <laughs>
0: it was, yeah, it was really nice. And her blanket was just really, really pretty. The color is just
1: perfectly Charlene. Thank you. And then I also cast on a cowl, which was my social knitting for a gathering this week. It's actually the second cowl that I cast on because I cast on a first version Didn't like it. Ripped it out when I got home. The second version I have to say I'm not so thrilled with either. But I've decided that since I have a limited quantity of this yarn and, and it has to be an accessory, I'm just going to plow through, finish this, and it will be probably a donation cowl or a gift. It's not it's not ugly or anything. It's just that the stitch patterns I keep trying in this yarn don't show up as well as I think they should. And perhaps it's just a yarn that isn't suited well to stitch patterns. What kind of yarn is it? It's 100% alpaca. 100% super fine alpaca. It's a fingering white Yarn called alpaca cloud fingering from Knitpicks. Is it too limp, kind of, to show a stiff de- stitch definition? Probably. It's it's probably not round enough mm-hmm. to really show off a, the stitch as well. And limp or soft, perhaps, because it's yeah, alpaca. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't work <laughs> well. probably the better word. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm really not sure what to do with it so I that's why I'm just I'm gonna continue on because the cowl will still keep somebody warm Mm -hmm. even though I used too fancy of stitches to achieve that goal it'll still work (laughs) and I didn't use a pattern for that I just started knitting
0: oh you're choosing your own fancy stitches as you go
1: I I started out with a little pattern and then tried things out because I kept thinking, okay, well if this doesn't look good I'll rip it out. I'll rip it out. But now it's just now it's just a cowl with a variety of stitches. Like a sampler cowl. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a perfect name for it. So no pattern, just sampler cowl. What are you knitting? I've been
0: chugging away on Max's blanket which is the cozy memory blanket by Georgie Nicholson and I finished a whole row which is 15 little mitered squares and I have probably two more strips to go so 30 more mitered squares and that's almost exclusively what I've been working on since we last recorded so Mm -hmm. those squares if it's a day that I have a lot of knitting, I might get two done and maybe start a third, but generally I get one, maybe one and a half done in a day. So it's not super fast knitting for me by any means. I think I'm knitting on US 1 needles, little double-pointed needles, because <sighs> wow. the, the squares are small.
1: It's yeah, they are.
0: fingering weight yarn, So and there are a lot of ends to weave in as well, because I do the border in dark gray, and then the main color of the square, so I have four, at least four ends to weave in per square. So there are a lot of ends to weave in too, so I I spend a whole evening or afternoon or whatever doing that instead of knitting, which doesn't bother me at all. It's just factored into that. So that's the Memory Blanket by Georgie Nicholson, and it's so pretty. (laughs) I really am enjoying it a lot. It's really nice to knit.
1: It really is beautiful.
0: And the next thing, I picked my hoodie shawl cardigan back up by Yay. Susanna Summers. And I love knitting on that. It's much more fun, I think, than the blanket because <sighs> I don't have to think as much. miter squares, you don't have to really think, but you are decreasing every row, every right side row. Yeah. And then when you start a new one, you have to pick up stitches on each side and you just have to... It's a little more fiddly, let's put it that way. But the cardigan... So, I've knit down past the triangle part, which is the shawl looking portion of it. I've knit down the third color down to the portion of the body where you start the stripes up again in garter stitch of the two contrasting colors. And she has you stop there and then go back and start the hood. So, I picked up on the collar and I'm working up for the hood. And she basically has you do one big increase round and then about 12 rounds where you decrease back down. To a specific number, and then you just keep knitting garter until you have enough of these garter rows. I think I need 63 garter bumps or something. So I'm probably a quarter of the way through that. And right now it's just back and forth garter stitch, so it's really easy knitting. I'm loving the yarn. The two contrasting colors are Western Sky Knits Aspen Silk, the 600 yard put up of fingering oh, weight yeah. yarn. I really love nice. that yarn. Really yeah. nice. And the two colors are like a crimsony tart. It's like similar to tart to tart from Madeline Tosh yeah. but prettier. And then like a coppery color. And they're just really pretty together. Yeah. So that's really a joy to knit. I've been enjoying that a lot. And then I did cast on cast on my Muscle Burra hat. <laughs> we got a great lesson in pronunciation from Sarah, who is Sarah CM on Ravelry. If you haven't seen it, In our thread for the last episode, she put in a whole big post about pronouncing cities that end in B-U-R-G is actually pronounced Burra, not Berg, like I was pronouncing it as an American, and also some English cities like Lycius... I'm going to blow it if I try to say it. So she gets a great lesson in pronouncing these words. So what I was calling the Musselberg is actually Musselburra, and... That's the hat by Yasolda Teague, which is started with a little s- increase with the, what do you call it? Like a belly button start when, the, and then you increase out from there. And then you just knit, knit, knit around this giant tube. And then you do a matching decrease on the other side. And then you f- push one end of the hat into the other. So you have this double layered hat. And I, because I didn't like that particular cast on, did a provisional cast on. I'm knitting one yarn, one skein of my yarn up until I do the decreases. Then I'll pick up at the provisional cast on, knit the other side, do a decrease on that side and be done. Brilliant. Yeah. So that's such easy knitting. It's crazy. (laughs) Really easy. It'll be a nice double layered hat. I'm using Knit Picks Felici self-striping yarn in their sport weight. So it's cute. It's colorful. And it's a brainless knitting. I took it to our outing yesterday and just sat there and talked to everybody and knitted around and wasn't making mistakes. (laughs) And everybody else was saying, oh, no, I've blown it on this lace repeat. I have to rip back five rows. I'm like, not
1: me. (laughs) Nobody is used to knitting in groups anymore. I know,
0: right? Unless it was a Zoom group. (laughs) Yeah. So there we go. That's what I've been knitting. We would like to thank our sponsor for the month, Lolo Body Care. Have you heard that Lola Body Care moved lock, stock, and barrel? They moved from the Pacific Northwest to Green Valley, Arizona, a small town south of Tucson. It's a big move. And why now? Because Arizona is located more centrally to the fiber events they vend at. So they wanted to be ready when those events opened back up. Oh my gosh, don't we all want to be ready? <laughs> I think we're <laughs> going to be ready. When they hit the road a few weeks ago, they treated the move like a road trip. They took a route they'd never driven before and caravanned with another indie, Alexandra, the Art of Yarn. Big shout out to Alexandra who towed a U-Haul for them. Besides typical road trip musts, they've got three new rules for road tripping in 2021. First, better safe than sorry. With states lifting restrictions and mandates, quarantines, mask ordinances, curfews, and dining restrictions are all over the place. Mask up no matter how small the town and continue to focus on good hygiene. Create a kit that includes hand sanitizer, extra masks, toilet paper, paper towels, disinfectant wipes, moisturizer, and sunscreen. Number two, be aware of signs. When a sign reads, no service for the next 150 miles, believe it. Ensure you have a full gas tank, extra water, healthy snacks to keep your energy up, and a Lolo bar to keep your skin moisturized. Number three, pit stops. Stop often and don't park right in front of the door. Make your stops intentional and safe. Stretch and walk. Turn your pit stop meals into a picnic and enjoy the fresh air. All very good suggestions for road tripping. Great suggestions. Great suggestions. We went to Yosemite a few weeks ago and I wish that I had had that little (laughs) kit available. We had the little bits and pieces in the car, but it would have been nice to have them all centrally located. So
1: I appreciate the tips. I can't wait to replenish my stock of lolo. All right, so what have you finished? Well, two things that I could think of. I did knit a kitchen scrubby. Yay, me. <laughs> Yay! You got to finish. Woohoo! I was knitting that during our Zoom gathering on Saturday, and I couldn't make heads or tails of the pattern, unfortunately. There were knitters on the call that had made a similar kitchen scrubby and knew how to help me make some sense out of the directions. And I was able to sew it into the proper little circle oh, you that did. it was supposed to be. Yes. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. I was wondering how that, that shape you were showing us was going to turn into the shape yeah. you wanted it to be. I just was befuddled.
1: I had no idea either. So fortunately, a couple intrepid knitters were able to... Assist me with that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that I have moved into the finished and done column is my Bento Boxy. Ah. Rest sounds, in peace, Bento yeah. Boxy. It's a definite UGG. I took it out this week, held it up, didn't bother to try it on. It just did not do anything for me. And this one is going to the frog pond. I've started ripping it out already. I ripped out one entire skein of the Coast yarn, which is a lot of yardage in that mm-hmm. one skein. So I ripped that out, then I was ready to put it aside, and I'll be ripping out the rest hopefully in the next coming weeks, so that I can figure out what else I want to do with that yarn because that yarn would be good for a summer top.
0: Yeah, and it kind of doesn't surprise me that we've had some Uggs in the last year and a half. Yeah. It seems like it's just part of the last year and a half. It
1: certainly does. <laughs> Sad but It certainly true. does, yes. Yeah. So have you finished anything, Gail?
0: I finished that row on Max's blanket, which mm-hmm. I consider a pretty good finish. But yeah. other than that, nope, not a single thing. Okay. Yeah. So guess what starts this weekend? The Colors of Fall. Colors of Fall. (laughs) I'm so excited. It starts on the summer solstice, which is the 20th of June, which is Sunday here in the U.S. And we're so excited. So longest day of the year and cast on for the Colors of Fall Knit Along 2021. And I think it's our seventh. Oh, okay. Sixth or seventh. Okay. Colors of Fall. So we both were going to look at things we wanted to knit for Colors of Fall this year.
1: Yeah. So there are two palettes. There's the London palette and the New York palette for the Colors of Fall 2021. We realized that half the globe is knitting for spring if you're shooting for the same sort of preparing in advance. So in the past, what we've done historically is also include the 2021 spring colors. If anybody wants to use those colors, even if you're not in the Southern Hemisphere, totally acceptable. The only reason that we have to use the 2021 colors for spring is because the colors for spring 2022 have not been announced yet yeah so yeah so that's okay we stick with one calendar year color but i just i don't know if we had mentioned that we have yeah, done that in had. the past so that might open up the color story for a few people who don't necessarily like the colors that are in the fall palettes
0: yeah maybe there's a purple in the spring
1: palettes you know i looked at them today and I was looking for a color for somebody else who had mentioned that she had turquoise yarn. And so I wasn't particularly looking for purple. I'll have to go back and look myself. (laughs) Yeah, it might be there. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So do you have anything in mind that you are going to knit, Gail? I do. And I'm swatching for it
0: right now. Oh, you're already swatching. I am. So... As I said in the last episode, I saw Charlene's Live Light sweater, oh, Yeah. and I loved it. It's yeah. so cute. And that's what I'm going to knit for Colors of Fall. It's a pattern by Carrie bastacage and it's the pattern calls for sport weight. Charlene knit hers in fingering, and I will knit mine in fingering. I am using Western Sky Knits Merino 17 Light, which is the yarn of Kim's that Charlene and I both love. It's smooth as butter. The stuff is so nice. And I'm using a colorway called Patina. And Patina is, imagine the greenish color that bronze turns into when it tarnishes. That's Patina. And it has little blips of amber, which I'm sorry, adobe, not amber. Adobe is the name of the color from the New York palette, which I think the little speckles in this colorway are adobe. So the main color in my yarn is not on one of the palettes, but the little splashes of color Mm -hmm. is on one of the palettes. So I've fondled this yarn at Stitches, this particular colorway, it's a consistent colorway of Kim's. I've fondled patina every year for many, many years and have always been encouraged by everybody around, do it, do it, do it, do it. So I finally bought some last year, That would be last year, right? Yeah, 2020. Yes. I'm sorry. I can't tell time anymore. (laughs) So in 2020, I bought a sweater quantity, and I'm going to use that for my Live Light. And that's what I'm swatching for right now. It's so pretty, you guys. It's such a beautiful yarn. I can't wait to cast this on on Sunday. So I'm swatching now, hoping to get gauge. And I'll probably have to do some modifications, like do some gauge math, because I'm going to go for a fabric I like more than getting the exact gauge called for in the pattern. So we'll see what size I end up knitting. But that's the first thing I plan to knit for Colors of Fall. Live Light by Carrie
1: Bostic Okay.
0: Thanks to you, Charlene.
1: (laughs) The one project that I have picked out so far and have matched pattern and yarn is the All Read by Meiju K.P. And I've stocked this one twice. One time, probably originally when the pattern came out, and then one time very recently, so this year, and I have decided to use a rather, not, not super deep stash, but middling stash quantity of yarn middling middling (laughs) yes from madeline tosh it's a tosh merino light and it is in the composition book gray colorway which is another one of my favorite tosh colorways so it's been in my stash i want to say five or six years a long time yeah long enough to be called middling it's not top of the stash and it's not back of the stash it's in the middle and really it's another quantity that i was afraid of choosing the wrong project for originally i had thought to make i can't remember the name but it was a hohi locatelli pullover and i never got around to making it i remember we saw one one of these pullovers that i really liked at Stitches West and then like I said I was afraid that the yarn wasn't perfect or really it's that whole thing about thinking the yarn is too good for the project and I have to save it for the perfect project save it for something better well I saved it and I'm going to use it for this good for you
0: (laughs) right decision
1: and I believe that it's If you look at the skein, it's very tonal. If you look at the skein, it's a little, it looks darker than the Ultimate Gray on the palette. But if you look at it very closely, you can see the tones in there. It does go from light gray to a dark gray. So, yeah. I'm that's my story. I'm sticking to it. And no, but it's, it's true. Part- I saw it. <laughs> yes. I saw it on Friday. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. And it's going to uh, be the ultimate gray from the palette. So, Orid by Maju KP. I'm Yay. very excited to cast this one on just because of the failure of ripping the bento boxy this yeah. week. I, I feel like I need some positive energy flowing in the cast on area. Yay. So, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Awesome. Okay, so I have one other one picked out. Okay. Okay. So a few episodes ago, I stalked Calico. And you previously, prior to that, a few episodes prior to that, had stocked Float. Right. And I forgot to write down the designer's name. I am a failure. <laughs> <laughs> but these are planned pooling. Patterns. So, and I don't think she calls it planned pooling, she calls it assigned pooling. That's what she calls it. So, think of a skein of yarn where if you open that hank up and you lay it down flat, it's mostly one color, but you have a section that's about a third to a quarter of the skein that's a different color. So, you can use something that's consistently that same color repeat to do assigned pooling so these two patterns float and calico use this idea where you do plain stockinette for example until you come to that color section and then you do a specific stitch to do something with that color so the, you get these pops of color against a stockinette background and it's really really cool so calico is a triangular shawl and that's the one i picked I think float was maybe rectangular. I don't remember. It was a different shape and slightly different stitches and details like that. So when I saw the pattern, it's the pictures you see on Ravelry are knit in the designer's yarn. She has her own yarn company called Chasing Rabbits. And the colorway she used for her sample is called Violets. And it's like a natural color with these pops of purple and it looks like little violets scattered around this little neutral base because of the stitch she uses for those color pops. And I looked, I literally have spent hours (laughs) looking at different websites and on Etsy and different people's projects trying to find a yarn that I thought would be good for this assigned pooling. Mm -hmm. And I know Kim from Western Sky Knits does dye it, but she doesn't have any right now. And Calico uses two skeins. I have one skein of Kim's in my stash, so it wasn't enough. So all the different yarns I found that I thought might work just didn't call to me because I really liked the look of her main pattern pictures. Mm -hmm. Well, her yarn was sold out. And I thought, oh, okay, should I be patient and just wait for it to restock? Well, I'm not very good at
1: patience. (laughs) (laughs) That was my experience. When I saw the first pattern, I also looked at her yarn shop and it was sold out when I looked as well. Yeah.
0: So who knows how long it will take to get restocked, right? Well, I did an internet search and Hill Country Weavers stocks her yarn and they had a kit for Calico that used the same colorway and they had it in stock and I hit buy really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) So I've received my two skeins, I hand wound one skein and that main color is perfectly pale from the London palette so my two colors of fall projects will not be worn together they do not match in any way whatsoever but (laughs) oh I cannot wait to cast that on I've been thinking oh I'll just cast it on early and I won't call it a colors of fall project and I'm making myself be patient and I'm not going to cast on until Sunday but I'm really 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 excited to start that really excited
1: I'm very excited. You're going to have to show me your yarn offline because I might have to go buy some too. Do it, do it, do it. We can knit
0: it together. (laughs) You can knit Float and I'll knit Calico. Because I think Float's only a one skeiner. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they had kits for both of her shawls at Hill Country Weavers.
1: Okay, I'll take a look.
0: Yeah, and I will show it to you when I see you on Friday.
1: Okay. And then the other thing I was thinking of making was a second look squirrel sweater by Casapinka. I have not picked out yarn for that. I made it, I guess, last year. Was it that long ago already? I think so. In a dark gray yarn. And I keep thinking, because of the warm weather we're having, that it would be really nice to have a very light colored and possibly light white version of that sweater as well. So I am thinking about that. Nothing firm because I don't have yarn picked, but it's just a pattern that I really have liked wearing.
0: That would be really pretty in a speckled yarn too. Mm-hmm. It
1: That's would be really my pretty. thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. That would be gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing I didn't say is a project with pink yarn because there are so many good pinks in these two palettes. So I have lots of other skeins in my stash that will become something for colors of fall. That's pink. I just don't know what yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have lots of time to finalize any projects that we want in it because it kicks off the Sunday, June 20th and it ends on the fall equinox, which is September 22nd. So we have three months to knit as many colors of fall things as we might wish. <laughs> and again the quote rules unquote we don't like using that word around here but are to knit something that includes at least one of the colors from one of the palettes being fall or spring london or new york from this year and it doesn't have to be an exact match if you squint and you see it you're good but the thing we really want you to do is when you finish said knit object is to fashion it into a fall look or spring look, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Basically make an outfit out of it because we'd love to see how you're using your hand knits when you're actually wearing them. So whatever it is, if it's hanging on a hanger, that's fine. If it's laying on your bed or your floor, that's fine. If it's actually on your body, that's even better. <laughs> but it does you don't have to be on the spot and wear it if you don't want to. We just want to see how you're styling it. So yeah. I'm excited to see that. I'm thinking live light over a dress with cowboy boots. I'm super excited about this look. (laughs) 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 I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to wear my cowboy boots again. Sounds good. We hope that you're ready to cast on this weekend and there will be lots of chatter going on in the group and join in. It's super fun.
1: There already is. I know. I'm There's having a hard time. A chat keeping up. <laughs> read that I haven't been able to I was trying to catch up on it today and I didn't catch all the way up. So it takes
0: a while. Yeah. Yes. I get it. We're a chatty group. We're very friendly. We are. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We're looking forward to seeing your Colors of Fall cast-ons and happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.